Human beings long for meaning. We grasp for understanding and a way in which to comprehend things, especially when circumstances change, when life takes a wrong or bad turn. We look for meaning because somehow a reason as to why things have gone so badly makes the suffering and the difficult perhaps easier to bear. When luck changes, when life takes a turn for the worse, when a human or a human community finds itself in the pit of despair, there is one avenue of the pursuit of meaning that looks to God as the source and the cause. Meaning can sometimes be sought, or a rationale for one's condition can be based on divine disdain. God has caused this. God's wrath or God's anger is why I'm suffering, why we suffer. Or perhaps something that we have done or not done has displeased God in some way and caused God's anger to be made manifest in our present hardship, in this time of suffering. Psalm 74, O God, why hast thou cast us off forever? Why is thy wrath so hot against us? Or from the motet just sung, Psalm 79, Lord, how long wilt thou be angry? Shall thy jealousy burn like fire? When suffering occurs, it can be seen and has often been seen historically and theologically as retribution, as God's punishment, divine retribution for either bad behavior, unfaithfulness, disobedience, or whatever it is we as humans see as that thing which has provoked God's wrath. And then this is grasped onto for some kind of meaning, and it somehow strangely gets twist, twisted into remorse, a begging of God to come and fix what God's anger has brought to help us, to save us, or to get our enemy because God is on our side. Suffering often and almost always provokes in the human a response of the question, what have I done to deserve this? How have I caused this wrath and anger from a force that comes beyond me? What have I done? How have I stirred the anger of the divine? And why is it God is punishing me? we far too often fall back onto seeing God as punitive, as one who inflicts punishment as vengeance for a wrongdoing or a negligence or an unfaithfulness or just for simply being human. Surely this is the reason, of course, that things have gone so terribly wrong. This is the reason my present circumstance is so unbearable. 
Such immature theology keeps God at a distance, keeps God as a distant disciplinarian who precariously keeps score of human failures individually and collectively. This is a view of a God who is vengeful. This is a God who punishes. It might perhaps be the God of our childhood, a God who rules with a hard judgmental hand who wields power in the form of retribution. And then there is Job, a story that changes for us how we might understand and see God and how God understands God's self and sees God's self. The story of a faithful good man who got caught up in a betting match between God and the fallen one, Job who offered by who was Job who was offered by God to Satan to be tested to see if this good man's faithfulness would endure. Job who experienced from this heavenly card game unimaginable physical suffering, betrayal, incomprehensible loss and grief, and through it all remained faithful to God even when God was not very faithful to him. This innocent, who in spite of the pressures from his wife and his friends, refused to curse his God or himself in the journey of his suffering, who remained and endured, who deserved nothing that happened to him. He did not see sin, he did not curse God, he did not turn away, no matter what was thrown at him. He also did not succumb to the temptation to take all the responsibility for his suffering as if he caused it himself through his own sinful actions or neglect. He simply endured and stayed faithful. For 37 chapters in the story, he stayed faithful. And then God, who up to this point has been absent, speaks. Well, actually, bellows from the whirlwind. Asserting his domination and power and authority, asks Job questions. Were you there? Can you see? Can you comprehend? the creation that I have my hand in? Were you there at the beginning? Are you able to change the stars in the universe? Can you lift your voice up to the clouds so that floodwaters may cover you? Can you hunt the prey of the lion or satisfy the appetite of the young ones when they crouch in their den? This voice of God blusters back from the whirlwind, asserting domination power and authority. God is clearly here in this story at this moment, putting Job in his place. I am God and you are not. Just who do you think you are? Something is shifting in this story 
in the large arc of our sacred stories contained in Holy Scripture and throughout the many centuries of time in our comprehension and understanding and grasping to know who God is. Something in God in our perception and understanding holds the potential to shift in this story, this story of an innocent one suffering and enduring, whose endurance and faithfulness evokes the bluster of the divine into an authoritative rant. Job did nothing to deserve his suffering. And God's punitive divine retribution as a formula does not work in this story. Which is why exactly this story is contained in our canon of scripture. It invites us to see God in a different understanding, through a different lens. We are being challenged here to let our understanding and perception of God to evolve and to change from punitive to merciful, from distant to compassionate and present. There is a significant power change happening from this sacred story. The one who suffered is met finally by a God who initially needs to establish his authority and his place. Eventually, the absent God now becomes the present God. Divine power is shifting in the long unfolding of our understanding of the Holy One. A new way for God to be known in relationship is contained in this tale. Job's faithfulness shows God something about how to be faithful. This story in the canon of our sacred scriptures, if we allow it to, can help us to see the evolution of our understanding of God, our evolution of human suffering. There is a holy shift happening here in this extraordinary story of an innocent one who suffers and a God who witnesses it. This story and this moment in our faith history holds for us an ushering in of the foundations for the evolution of God's intimate presence as one who is not a God who inflicts retribution, revenge, and vengeance, but rather is a God of grace, clemency, restitution, mercy, and forgiveness. It turns the revelation of our understanding to a fuller comprehension of the Holy One, ushering in the way for the revelation of God as God who is one who is with us in our suffering, not the cause of it. We as humans long to understand when we are in the midst of despair and darkness. If we spend serious time with this extraordinary story of Job, we will learn and come to see that faithfulness 
is not rewarded simply by the recovery of what is lost, but rather that faithfulness and the suffering of the innocent is something that invites and calls God to compassion and opens us to the presence of the divine with us in our experience. There may not be meaning in suffering, but we are never alone in it. God comes out of the whirlwind. God returns. God is with. And for us who follow the Son, the Promised One, we are assured of this. Emmanuel, God with, incarnate, here with us now, all the way. Amen.